You are listening to the New Day of Hope broadcast with Helena and Glennis Langley. Enjoy. Today we are happy to have Pastor Chris Magnus with us one more time. Remember you heard him on the radio last week, I think, or a couple of days ago, and our hearts were all blessed. So today he's with us another time, and I'm happy about that. We're just going to talk from our hearts about life's distractions. I mean, man, there are distractions all around us. That might be a very good thing for us to share with you, and you will know whether you two are distracted by the things of this life. So Pastor Chris, we want to welcome you again. And, and so talking about life's distractions, and how would you define that word distraction? What is a distraction really? We say thank you for having me again. It's my joy and privilege again to be back. But I would think distraction would be anything that would take your attention away from what you're focused on. Uh, we ought to be focused on serving Christ, on doing our life or what would be best and honor him and what we say and do. And anything that would distract us from that moment and from that time, whatever it is, then we need to bring it back and put our eyes on Christ and then we fall back in line. Yeah, Sister Langley, would you agree with that, with what Pastor Chris said? Yeah, I agree because, you know, like he said, anything that takes your attention away is a form of distraction. So we ought to be focused on Christ or else we become distracted by the things of this world. All right. And I also agree with that. But it is very easy for us to be distracted. And I, I'm wondering why is that? Why is it so easy for us to be distracted, Sister Langley? Because our attention span is can grab something for a moment, you know, things come around us and we easily get sidetracked. So I think that's the reason why we lose our concentration and focus on something else instead of what we've been focusing on before. I think that's correct, Pastor Chris. Uh, I see that too. And, and I think also it, it's our time. We have become so intelligent, we're stupid. We depend upon our phones and, and our computers and mm-hmm. And our, we are so distracted. As you look, if you go eat and you just sit in a restaurant, people no longer have conversations at the table. They're sitting there playing games. They're texting. They're calling. Their phones are ringing off the hook. And, and, and Satan has took. There's nothing wrong with having that phone. It's a good thing. It can do great things. On mine, I carry mine. I have Bible apps on mine that I can pull up scriptures. So they can be a good tool. But if Give Satan just a little snitch. He'll that sly rascal slide right in, and (laughs) and he's taking our families away from us. We don't sit down and have family time at the dinner table anymore. I knew that is so true. Mentioned that last night. You know, you go to the restaurant. We go sometimes go for dinner or breakfast, and you see family together, and each person is on their phone. They no longer have that time together. You know, catch up on what happened yesterday or or what happened at school because everybody focus is on the phone. Everybody is doing his or her own thing. And I think as a family, if you go out to dinner or lunch or breakfast, you come together. You should be spending time with each other besides just on the phone. 
You know, you need to spend time talking with each other. All right. And that is true because, I mean, I've seen that a million times. Um, not long ago, we were at some restaurant and there was a family, father and mother and a, and a son and a daughter. And everybody was on their phone. Everybody was in my, doing their own thing. And uh, all of a sudden, one, one of the kids left and went in the car, say, I'm going to go in my car to be on my phone. You know what I mean? And that is a major distraction. It's not really uniting families to get. So we know the computer, the telephone, I mean, as good as they are, they can be major distractions in our life. Let's see what else can be a distraction. Would you say that family members can be a distraction, Pastor Chris? Yes, if, uh, you know, we get so sidetracked on what we're, our family members or on personal matters that we no longer focused on what we know is truth. You know, if our family members are lost. Y'all have heard me say it before, and you know the things I deal with my grandson. That rascal can get me so distracted on what I want. I get so mad and so aggravated at what he's doing and the lifestyle that he's living Mm -hmm. that I forget. And I I have to be quick to repent and say, God, get my attention back. That's really, you know, I'll say mean things and I'll, I'll act out of anger. And there is that righteous anger, but you know, is it doing it good? When Jesus got angry and he cleaned the temple, it was for a purpose. They were doing sin in the temple and he cleansed the sin and he was angry, but he didn't sin. And I think there's a way that we need to handle people who are doing things that we don't get tied up in the world and get mad and angry and shout and scream like they do. And so that can be a distraction. Hey babe, what do you say? Yeah, well, besides relationship, you have money. Money can be a distraction because you spend all the time going after money that you neglect the time going to church. I know sometimes we have to work on Sundays, but besides that, when you're not working, you can come to the house of God and spend time with him. But so money plays a major role in distraction. As good as money is, and all of us need some, I know, Pastor Chris, I don't think you need any of that, right? No, no. No, I said no. All of us need money, but you are right. You know, we sometimes put money even before God, you know, and that is a major distraction. No wonder the Bible talks about the love of money. You know, it talks about it's the root of all evil. And so we have to be careful. How about women? Are they distractions? <laughs> you trying to get us in trouble I'll now. Right, Pastor, I'll let you tell <laughs> you that first. <laughs> you know, anything can be a distraction. But yes, you know, if God gave us our wife, God gave me my wife to be my help. But if I don't treat my wife the way that God wants me to, and I don't lift her up, I don't encourage her, and I don't build her up, and I tear her down or talk negative about her or whatever it is, it can become a distraction. And then we're not the team we need to be as husband and wife or my daughter or or anything like that. But even as we talked about a while ago about the restaurants and stuff, man, what they wear out in public this day and time. My dad used to have a saying that said, if you get a stick and get that mule's attention, he'll get plow. Sometimes you need a stick that pops these folks upside the head and say, you know, you need to go back and buy the rest of that dress. Mm-hmm. You know, you got ripped off. Yeah, 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 that, is, that, that is so true. That is so true. What do you say, babe? Yeah, I agree with Pastor Chris because you see something during the summertime, you see some strange thing. You say, wow, is that, is she really wearing something like that? So yeah, that can be a real distraction. A lot of men, you know, I've noticed men in the store and they get totally lost 
on the female by the way she looked and what she's wearing because sometime back I was at Penny's and I saw this guy his mouth was like almost dribbling because he was that girl she what she was wearing was like oh my goodness so yeah that can be an, a real distraction that is so true I mean I did not even add anything more to that it's already clear as crystal we know I mean if you go to Walmart and during summertime <laughs> I, I mean you have to be strong in the Lord and in the power of God's might you know not to be distracted by what you see. And thank God my wife don't, you know, wouldn't even attempt to do it. <laughs> I've seen a thing on Facebook that said, uh, do you need the Holy Spirit to go to heaven? And the guy's response was, brother, you need a Holy Spirit to go to Walmart. <laughs> <laughs> that, that is so true. Especially during the summertime, you, you, you really do. You really do. How about, can a bad neighbor be a distraction? Yeah, he can uh, because he takes us our attention off of what we ought to be focused on. And we're in this negative society. In this day and time, everybody wants to be negative. We don't want to look at the positive and see the good. And so if we have a bad neighbor, he will draw our attention away from what we know we ought to be doing. And we focus on the negative side of that. And then we begin to speak negatively toward him. And that draws our attention away from Christ and what God's word tells us. The word tells us to edify, to build up, to lift one another up, not to tear down. And so a bad neighbor can be a great distraction if we don't apply Jesus to it. Anything you want to add to that, baby? Well, I agree with Pastor Chris, but also, like you say, a bad neighbor, we think about if he's having a party and then the loud music, you know, all that noise, all the traffic, you know, Pop close to your driveway, they block you in. That can be a distraction and it causes you to really <laughs> become mean. Also, where it should be the opposite, but this kind of thing causes distraction. And as you said before, we sure need the Holy Spirit in this day and time more than ever. That's true, because apart from the loud music and the parties and that kind of stuff, sometimes the neighbors that are not treating one another right, husbands and wives and so on. They have the tendency, because you are a good neighbor, to bring you into it. And that can be a major distraction because you have other important things to think about and you have the work of the ministry to do. And, and by so doing, they can distract you from what really matters. Let's go back and let's look at distractions in the spiritual realm. Do you think that there are spiritual distractions? Bible tells us there is. He said there'll be those things. Satan's going to make sure that he put things in our life to distract us, to get us off. Satan's very wise, as we talked about in church this morning. Yeah. Satan's one of the smart angels. He's very, very, very smart. And if we allow him, he'll place things in our lives because he knows we've told him what our weaknesses are. He mm. didn't know it, and we told it to him. And so he takes that and uses it. Uh, he knows one of my weaknesses is, is my grandson. He knows how to get me upset with that. <laughs> and so... You know, I'll be going wrong, everything be going good, and, and I think, okay, I got this one now, we're, we're good, yeah. and Satan will slide him in the back door and do something stupid, mm -hmm. and then next thing I know, I'm all distracted, I'm, I'm no longer thinking on the good things, the things that God has blessed me, but now I'm focused on the language he's using yeah his actions and his things. So so Satan will use those things and distract us from what? Because, you know, he don't want us to good things, uh, to do good things, to to share the love of God, mm -hmm. to, to be the light, to share with this world. He don't want us. And if he can 
get us distracted, if he can get us upset, you know, he, he will use it. I, the computers we've talked about earlier, those things, man, they're straight out of the pits of the devil, you know, because <laughs> they can get me upset and I'll go hit that button. It'll do what it wants to do. And I want to take a hammer and bust it all to pieces and then go out and preach. <laughs> you know, and, and how silly is that? Right. And, and, you know, and we let the little things that, that are in our lives, they're meant for our goods. We talked about earlier and the phones and all that stuff. And just the key words that they have, we have iPads, yeah. we have iPhones, and all that focus is on I, uh, yeah. n- not on him. Yeah, right. And we need him phones, right. him pads, <laughs> him computers. <laughs> right. So we take our focus off of I yeah. and place it on him. him yeah. and I, I mean, that's why Paul says, uh, I am crucified with Christ. Nevertheless, I live yet, not I, but it's Christ who lives in me. Babe, uh, do you have anything else to talk about uh, on, this, on spiritual destruction? Yeah, even our service, by serving God, we can become distracted. And because... We're trying to do it in our own strength because we think of Mary and Martha, you know, as they were serving, Jesus was coming to tongue and everything else. And next thing you know, Martha was there busy serving. She was getting the food prepared. That's the Baptist. Because <laughs> they love food. And so she was getting busy prepared while Mary was sitting at the feet of Jesus and she got mad and she went, you know, to the Lord and told him, well, why my sister is here sitting at your feet? Why can't she come and help me? But he said, no, she's doing a good thing. So your service, you might think by doing all these things, you're serving God, but sometimes the motive could be wrong. So you need to get the motive right in serving the Lord. Motive is really important in serving the Lord, you know, because a lot of, a lot of people do what they are doing for what they can get out of what they are doing. Right. Not because they want to put something in, in the work of the Lord. Now they are doing it to see what they can get out of it. And that's a wrong motive. But let's look at this now. Can you be distracted by the service itself? By, I mean, we go to church on Sunday morning. Is it possible for one to be distracted by the service itself? I think as, as we look at the scripture again, you look at Nicodemus, you know, he said, Lord said, you know, what do I need to do? And he said, all these things, he's, all these things I've done all my life, you know. He had been to church, he had studied, he had read the books, he had done all that he had, but he had not accepted Christ. And that's the key. And if we don't have that in our lives, then we can be distracted by the things. We we sit around now and it's, uh, do we sing hymns or do we sing choruses? Do we do, we do this or do we do that? And what color is the carpet? I don't care what color the carpet is or what color the walls are just put up a tent i don't care right let's just talk about jesus but we've gotten away from that Mm -hmm. and we put the importance on what are we singing the style of music that we sing Mm -hmm. or how what bible he preaches out of Mm -hmm. you know we just need to get back to the old days of use the bible that's read (laughs) r-e-a-d not r-e-d but r-e-a-d we need to read our bibles and quit worrying about it if we'll stay focused on him Today at church, a little baby running around, oh, yeah. you know, and, and he was, you know, three years old. He'd come up. It could be a distraction, sure. Yeah. But we turned that and put it on focus, and I said, you read the same. Yeah. And then I said, let's pray. And he put his little hands yeah. together and knelt on the altar and yeah. began to pray. And so we can take our distractions that are there and turn them to a positive if we react. Now, I could have got all of them. Get your baby and get him back in that seat. What was that going to say? You know, we need to teach our children the things of God and we need to involve them and we need to bring people in and we need to stay focused on who we serve, not what it's there.
Yeah, you can get distracted in the cell because the, the pastor might be preaching and there might be something that he's about to say and then the cell phone starts ringing. Because most people come to church and they have their cell phone on and majority of them, they're not doctors or nurses, you know, they're not, not on call, but yet their phone is on and they have the phone ringing. So that's a distraction in the church. And uh, that is true. I think, Pastor Chris, earlier you kind of hit the nail on the head when you said that the best thing for us is to stay focused, keeping our eyes steadfastly on the Lord. Because a lot of times we are distracted because we ourselves, we are not focused on what what really matters, you know. When I come into the house of the Lord, I come to worship God. And I know the devil is going to put stuff in my way to distract me, you know. But I can either allow him to do that, or I can stay focused, keeping my eyes steadfastly on the Lord. And that will keep me away from the distraction that the devil is putting in my way. So the bottom line is, we've got to stay focused, keeping our eyes steadfastly on Jesus, looking unto Jesus, the Bible says, who is the author and the finisher of our faith. Well, I think Peter is a great example of that. When he walked on water, he walked on water right. as long as he stayed focused right. on Jesus. Right. When he began to listen to the other guys back in the yeah. boat telling you can't, do, you can't that, do that, you know, you're being a show off. Right. You know, you're just doing that to do this, and you can't walk on water. You need to get your fanny back in the boat. And he took his eyes off of what he was and began to look at the waves around him, the distractions that were there. He began to sink. As long as we stay focused and we walk to Jesus, then we're walking on water. We're doing the impossible because he is the possible. So would you say that's the failure of a lot of believers that Instead of, of keeping our eyes on the Lord, we, we focus on the circumstances, situations, the problems, the troubles, the trials around us. Right. And that's why we sing something. Our biggest problems in coming to church, if you wait till you get to church to begin your worship, you're too late. You're too late. Because Satan's going to make sure he gets that in your fault of attitudes of we come into our church of already thinking about where am I going to eat? Uh, who am I going to eat with? Uh, or if somebody's in my pew or we got all these things we're already thinking about negative. But if we prepare, it says enter the gates before you get to the church, you ought to be worshiping. You ought to be praising him and you ought to be thinking about him uh, and, and excited. You know, we don't have to go to church. We get to go to church. Yes. It's an honor for me to go to church, church. because that's what God's called me to do. That's right. and that's, that's it's right. my honor and my privilege. Yeah. And if it's my honor and my privilege, you know, I need to make my preparations when I go to a ball game. I love Georgia football. When I go there, I prepare right. to go to the game. I make my preparations to tailgate. I have my tents. I have my clothes. I have my coolers. I have my food. Everything's prepared for me to go there. But then I go to church. I get up, jump in my britches, and take off. There's no preparation for me to go. I'm glad you said that because in my mind is on Saturday night, I start getting in the atmosphere of worship. Like you said, you can't wait until you get there to start worshiping. If you do, you said you are too late. So from Saturday night, you get into that atmosphere of worship. You pray for the service and the word and everything else. That's how we really should, should do it. So the question is, how can one recognize their distraction? How can you recognize your distraction? What is distracting you? I think that if we're focused on the fact of, I can remember on Saturday nights when I was a little kid, you know, I'm 63. 
So, you know, we're talking 55, 60 years ago. I can still remember Saturday night in Bob us getting our baths, Mama getting a Q-tip and peroxide, cleaning our ears while Lawrence Welt was on and the bubbles were popping and everything. And what she was doing, she was preparing us for Sunday morning. We didn't get up Sunday morning running, oh, I got to get a shower. I got to do this. I got to find my clothes. I got, what am I going to wear? All that was done Saturday night. We were prepared for Sunday morning. When we got up, we knew what clothes we were going to wear. We knew where our shoes was. We knew where our socks was. We knew where everything was because mama made sure we prepared for Sunday. You talked about Saturday night. Our preparation ought to begin on Saturday night. Starting already, began to worship and taking our mind off of the things of the week and thinking about worshiping him the next day and be excited. You know, there's joy in worship. We ought to be excited about that. Amen. So she asked about how can we know when something is a distraction? I think every true believer, I mean, it's like if you are a true child of God and you are straying away from God, you're going to be the first to know that. You're going to know that your prayer life is not what it used to be. You're going to know that your reading of the Word of God is not what it used to be. So you know that you are straying. So all the distractions that we, we talked about earlier that comes in our way, we are going to know one way or another because the Spirit is going to reveal it to us. The Spirit of God is going to reveal it. To so the cares of this world and, and all these different things causes us to you know lose our distraction and just focus on what's going on around us. I, mean, I think we mentioned earlier about the time. The time we spend on social media is a distraction. Although we might be writing scripture verses, but the time you spend, we don't spend all time just writing scripture verses. We read what other people say, and some of the things that they write is not really healthy as a child of God. Because something you see on there is like, it's not what you should be reading. So we spend our time reading all these things, and that's a distraction. The time we should be spent reading the word, like you said, the time it should be spent in prayer is being used for other things. So all these are things that we can recognize where my time is not being spent wisely because the Bible says to redeem the time because the days are because evil. the days are evil. So and we can see for a fact that the days are evil and the days are becoming shorter and shorter. And you say when these things happen, we must look up because our redemption right now. So that tells me there is work for us to do. We must avoid distraction and stay focused. Amen. So Pastor Chris, we'll let you have the last word. I'll give a word of, of encouragement as we bring this program to a close. I think that it goes back to what I preached on, you know, uh, last week in, in Romans where there's not such a time as this to awaken. And I think that we have allowed things to happen and slip in the back door. You know, Satan, we look at a TV and you watch a beer commercial. You see some good looking woman standing up there holding this beer and all this. And see, Satan shows you the best he's got because he knows that's all he's got. <laughs> Jesus is the opposite. Jesus show you where we see. They don't show you laying in a ditch, and, you know, passed out and, right. and all the things, <laughs> all the hooks and the addictions that come along with all those things because he's got to show you his best for Jesus said, let me show you how to walk. And you walk true and faithful. You walk with me. There's going to be trials. There's going to be tribulations. There's going to be hard times. There's going to be battles. There's going to come up. And here's the thing. He's the lily of the valley. And even if you're in your darkest valley, you may have just lost a loved one. You may have just lost a child. You may have lost your mom or dad or something. But I want you to know, he said, I am the lily of that valley. And if he is the valley, then we can walk true and faithful. Amen. Amen.
My friends, you know, we never bring a program to a close without giving you an opportunity to make Jesus the Lord of your life. Jesus said, Behold, I stand at the door and knock. If any man will hear my voice and open the door, I will come in and sup with him and he with me. Today would be a very good day for you to give Jesus a chance in your life. Let us pray. Father, we thank you for today's word. We pray that this word will find the lodging place in somebody's heart, in somebody's life. Speak to our hearts. Change us. Make us more like you. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. And if this program has been a blessing to you, we will love to hear from you. You can call us. Our number is 404-964-2242. Once again, that number is 404-964-2242. And that's a WhatsApp number. Or you can email us at newdayofhopeatlanta at gmail.com. That address again is newdayofhopeatlanta at gmail.com. So until then, let your heart go on singing. Until then, oh my friends, with joy you must carry on. Bye now. Oh, God bless you and keep you.